So, welcome to another episode of Before the Crowd. I have lost track on what episode number this is, but I'm sure it will show up on Spotify or Apple iTunes podcast, whatever it is. Right, so, I'm sat here with Amy Weir. Um, Amy is an electro-pop artist, so I went to one of her gigs a few weeks ago and just kind of got chatting afterwards, and I was like, cool, I'm going to invite her on the show. So, we've got a few different topics we're going to talk about today, throw some questions her way and get her opinion on some issues in the modern music industry. So, welcome, Amy, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> right, you're welcome. Um, so, it was kind of weird, like, Amy and I were just chatting just before we started doing this interview and actually discovered we were from the same, sort of, like, little little hometown. Droitwich. Droitwich. Which is kind of cool because you just did the, um, how about that for a segue? Oh, amazing. You, you just did the um, Hereford at um, Worcester BBC Introducing, right? Yeah, yeah. I played a show at Lakefest, which was amazing. It was my first band show, actually. Um, oh, wow. Okay. It was, it, I think it's like the best gig I've ever done. Great. I didn't, I didn't quite realise how much I miss people being on stage with me. Mm. Um, especially for the type of music I've released. It's quite energetic and it's, quite, you know, it's got a lot of layers to it. So to have the band with me was really cool. So you can feed off the other people on stage and you get more of a vibe from them as well yeah exactly and we, we were like really well rehearsed because I'm quite organised so I like organised yeah. all these rehearsals and the guys were great because they're all really talented so um, yeah fantastic I really enjoyed it I think they enjoyed it as well so yeah. that's, that's the main thing as well that they enjoyed it <laughs> no I mean it sounded good I mean I was talking to um, so George which is in his bass player yeah. um, who kind of introduced me to you and your music yeah. and because I saw he'd gone to Worcestershire and I was like oh my god like yeah. what are you in my neck of the woods like how did that happen um, he was like, yeah, it was a great gig, it went really well, and I think when you, you said you get that chemistry on stage between the band members, yeah. it really can, can, can make songs come alive almost. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was nice not having to tell them to smile. They just, <laughs> they just did enjoy it. It's really funny, George took a video on his little camera at the side, uh-huh. and there's one bit in Stay That Way where we're all in sync, we're like, da 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 like, it looks really <laughs> funny, I'll put it on YouTube soon. But That sounds really cool, yeah. <laughs> Was that at, um, was that Eastmere Castle? You yeah, played it up then? Yeah. Okay. So was that like a sort of big family day festival or how did yeah, it work? Yeah, I'd say it was more catered to families. There were a lot of like kiddies and yeah, families. Um, it was just a massive field, beautiful surroundings. Um, That's really cool. Unfortunately, it was raining, <laughs> of course, on the right. day we played. But it was really good because it started raining like ferociously mm-hmm. just before we were going on and everyone obviously came into the tent. Oh, okay. So it kind of worked yeah, in your yeah. favour then? So, because when we were setting up, it was a bit dead, and I was like, "Oh, it'll still be, it'll still be good, you know, still enjoy it." But yeah, everyone like came in and they stayed when the sun came out. So that's that was, um, yeah, that was reassuring. <laughs> no, definitely, that's really cool. It's a good feeling, and it, it's kind of weird as well. I, I think when you you play those kind of festivals, when you know, like maybe it's a really heartfelt song or some lyrics that you you know really worked on, which I, I want to talk about the lyrics later actually. Um, but like not to like scrutinize them, but like what did you mean in this life? But you know, um, but I, I like I remember doing this festival and it was I think it was in Clapham actually, and it was just a day festival, and it's so weird because you're you're singing these I say some of them are quite adult songs, yeah. and then you just got like little kids. Was with... that the old town fair in like the old town bit in Clapham? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that before. It's very kid oriented. Yes, yeah. yeah, it really is, and because they've all got like the like the Spider Man and. <laughs> tiger face paint and stuff on yeah. which we actually um the band i used to play and we got told not to return to that festival because of um we actually got like a bbc introducing thing from that as well they go to these little festivals wow. it's really strange okay. but the old band i was playing in so uh ryan wilson who was on the show last week we used to play in a band together and one of the and i did not write the song i'm putting that out there um the song was called kinky <laughs> 
which is like it's a very this is what the song is about it's very adult yeah. and I was like dude to the singer who's a really good friend I was like I don't I don't know if we can play this in front of these kids he was like no no it'd be fine like they're not even listening it's okay the kids it doesn't matter and then they heard live music and then they because it's like the back of the sort of lorry trailer which moves yeah. so we ended up like pulling all these kids on stage who were like yay <laughs> like with tiger faces like just going K-k-k-k-k. like like singing along to kinky and we were like, this is, like, just... <laughs> is this wrong? Is this right? I don't know. I was just, like, looking at the bass line. He was, like, shaking his head at me. I was like, I know, dude. I know, this is wrong. <laughs> but these are fun gigs to play, yeah. is, is the bottom exactly, line, I guess. Exactly. And do you know what? If it gets you, like, one fan, it's yeah. worth it, isn't it? Absolutely. So, like I said, what we got to do with BBC introducing for... Um, I can't remember what region it was. But, like, just yeah. these sort of tiny arbitrary gigs that spring up, you're like, want to play like this little kiddie fair yeah. but you said you make that one fan and that one fan can stay with you for however many years yeah. just following your music religiously I've, I've had it so so often where i've been busking and it's been you know a bit of a naff bus haven't really made much no one's really listening mm. but then you, you know you check your social media and someone sent you a message saying love your voice i'm gonna follow your work oh wow and it's just like oh it was worth it you know yeah, it's yeah. really nice so someone's always listening yeah, I think it's important to remember that as well. Mm. When I find um, talking to to maybe kind of younger musicians who are more up and coming, and they, you know, if they've got a crowd of say two or three people, they just don't put any effort into it, or they don't, they don't care as much. But like you said, there's always someone. Whether you, yeah. even like the sound guy, mm. could have a, a connection that you can make from him. You know, Absolutely. and that's what networking is, right? Yeah, you just gotta give it your all for every performance. Um, sometimes I, I don't do that and then I kind of remember that and I'm like oh okay <laughs> so that's like your go to yeah. like no I don't want it to be like that one yeah you never know who's listening that's true how do you find um, the, the difference between busking you were saying you, you busk on a lot of the underground stations as opposed to performing um, a gig like under your name on a stage um, well busking is is kind of it's my job it's how I pay my rent and it's kind of obviously promoting myself so I've I do have to do the covers because mm. that's what gets the money in. Right. Um, but I have been actually thinking about this whether I should kind of not market myself in inverted commas as a busker. Okay. If I'm releasing like pop electro stuff, mm. I am debating that at the moment. I'm having a bit of a like brand identity crisis. Um, okay. But then again, it's like it's a part of me, so I think I should just show because a lot of people do love my acousticy piano ballady mm. versions of the songs, so. Yeah, I try and obviously play my own stuff, but I've got to do the covers as well to get the money. Yeah, I guess like if you're in the street and you know yeah. people hear Shape of You, they're going to go crazy for it, as opposed to maybe something that they haven't necessarily heard or isn't that you know smash it number one. Yeah, exactly. You got to get the crowd, and then you can throw in an original. But you know, a lot of the time people people do you know enjoy the originals because they like supporting artists at the end of the day. Yeah, hundred percent. So maybe I just need to be more confident with it and. Just yeah, go for it. Yeah. Bullshit, yeah. I think it was um, Paul McCartney said like you can play the songs you want to play, but then you got to give the crowd a little bit of sugar afterwards. Yeah. So here, do something off his new album that the majority of the fans in, in the audience probably haven't heard, but then he'd play like back in the USSR afterwards, yeah. like a crowd favorite. So they're like, oh, I don't know this song. Oh wait, but it's this amazing Beatles hit that I love, and I've seen Paul McCartney play the Beatles, and yeah. life's complete. Yeah, you can't just be proud. Him, you can't be like, I'm not playing my old stuff. Mm. That's old news. Cause someone like Paul McCartney if they bought a ticket you know that's what they want to hear so yeah definitely um, it's, it's kind of funny how I think fans can turn because um, 
I, I know this kind of really weird reference because they get a lot of hate for it. Is you know the the rock band Kiss with yeah. all the makeup and that, yeah. and they don't play anything from certain eras because their fans just hate it. And there's like like hardcore Kiss fans from the seventies and then the eighties is apparently like you miss um like kind of bad phase in their career. And then they don't play a lot of modern stuff because the older fans don't like it and the eighties fans don't like it. So they have this kind of very limited set list because it's dictated by the fans almost. Oh wow! Okay, at least they listen to the fans, I guess. But that's, yeah. It's it's a balance, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. you want to listen to the fans, but at the same time you're like, well, no, this is my music. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play what I want to play. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is, I don't know, part of a job, I guess. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of find busking in the street then? Do you get a lot of like any hecklers or anything from people? I, I don't know if I've, I've got quite a thick skin when it comes to stuff like that because I've been doing it for like four years now mm. and um, I just kind of laugh it off yeah uh, but I don't, I don't get it a lot to be honest um, most, most people are really nice mm -hmm. I think the places I busk does help because okay. they're very like South Bank's very family isn't it and, um, yeah definitely it's quite safe and like the uh, network rail scheme in the stations obviously you know, everyone's just commuting or going somewhere, so they're not really going to be that angry to tell you to be quiet. Um, I don't know if I'd get it more if I did it in, like, Leicester Square, Trafalgar, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I've been, quite, I've been quite lucky, really. That's good. Yeah. Would, would you have any advice to kind of people who are just getting into busking or younger musicians who want to go down that route? Yeah, I think, for me, it's just, like, doing it that first time to get over the kind of scary... Because the first time I did it was in Leicester Square because I didn't have a license for anywhere. Okay. Uh, and I'd bought this amp and I'd had it for like four months and I hadn't used it. And I just woke up one Sunday morning and I was like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So I just went to Leicester Square, rocked up. That was the like initial scary bit mm. because you don't really know where you're going. You don't know if you're going to get moved on. You yeah. don't know if people are going to tell you to be quiet. Um, so yeah, advice would be just do it. Um, but also, you know, rehearse your set. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're well prepared um, and enjoy it. I used to get really nervous. I still do, actually. Okay. But um, I think when you kind of just channel your brain to be like, why are you doing this? Why did you write these songs? Because you want people to hear them. So you just got to get in that mind frame of wanting to tell the story and not really worrying about if you do a wrong no or if people don't like you because at the end of the day they're coming to see you so they do like you yeah absolutely um, and I don't know about you but I'm when I'm watching someone I enjoy it a lot more if they're comfortable yes. and smiling so just be what you like watching you know yeah no I think that's a, yeah. that's a really good phrase to have be, yeah I it, it's it's interesting really like you said you get a little nervous before gigs and I think so many artists do suffer with that performance anxiety mm -hmm. but they're not always too willing to admit it mm -hmm. um, at least to, to other musicians I found yeah definitely I mean I I don't think I suffer with anxiety as much I just get really nervous you just get my nerves like my brain like a, a lot of my friends do and their brain they the way they describe it to me is their brain kind of goes in overdrive and with all these different scenarios that could happen. Mm. Um, I'm lucky I don't think I do that. Okay. I don't. I haven't really analysed it that much. I just get really <laughs> nervous. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of my friends really suffer with performance anxiety. Mm. They've got to do like breathing exercises. Do you ever sort of not necessarily because of the stage in your job, but like outside of that, do you ever like do any kind of meditation or yoga or anything like that? Yeah, I do yoga. Okay. Um, 
I've only been doing it since I moved flats a couple months ago, but it's made such a difference. Mm. I feel just, I wake up every day feeling really calm. Yeah. And the teachers are great at this one I go to, and they, they just like, the only way I can describe it is I just, I feel like I'm walking a bit taller, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the, one of the best things I've ever done, mm. and I'm at the really early stages, so I'm going to carry on with it. You can see where you can go with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The mind stuff though is just great. It's great. <laughs> it's interesting how you said about feeling calm, and I think I'm quite a big advocate of yoga as well. And the difference, like the physical differences, it makes as well, yeah. as well as the mental ones. Definitely. You know, just being able to to kind of get up and and do the gig and not feel absolutely shattered at the end of it. I yeah. I don't know about you, but I always feel almost like more energized. Yeah. <laughs> like a warm up, and I can go for a run. <laughs> It's kind of difficult in London as well, I think, to... I don't know if there's much greenery around by you, but... Mm. I mean, like, I'm kind of lucky, like, you look out the window, you've got a big park in front of you, but even then, you've got, like, a lot of fumes and pollution, so it's not always the easiest thing to go out and exercise. It's so important, though, isn't it? Like, Mm. when I've had a couple days, because I'm a musician, I work from home a lot, Mm. um, when I've had a couple days and I haven't really left the house much, I get so, like, inward and so frustrated with things. And then I go for a walk and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, and I let it so down. important. Okay. So kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about um, playing music and kind of delivering that story mm-hmm. to the crowd, how, what are you kind of thinking when you're on stage about that story? Are you kind of reliving that experience as in like the songwriting process and how you got to that point or, or what do you do? Ooh, I've never thought about it. I, yeah, I go back to the mind frame of when I wrote the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm it's good. Thinking, what do I do? No, it, it, it's odd because I know certain artists will get quite angry on stage if it's a very passionate song or they like. I think like like Adele. I think it was like the Albert Hall gig or something. It filmed an Antigua. I just really remember just watching her do. I think it was um, make was it make you feel my love? Yeah. And she was just, like openly weeping and like barely sing the song because she was crying so much. And I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. But she just puts herself in that mindset. Yeah, especially, yeah, because didn't Dylan, did Dylan write that song? I don't know. So she must have really connected with it. It's a beautiful song, to be fair. I did, really? Was that, I did not know that was a Bob yeah, Dylan song. Yeah, cover. Wow. I mean, I guess, like, a few people have covered, like, Dylan's songs. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's Dylan. Yeah. I mean, Say that confidently on the microphone. Yeah, I mean, because you had, um, was it Hendrix did... A longer watch. People will crucify me if I get this wrong. <laughs> Hendrix did uh, a longer watch tower. Guns and Roses did knocking on heaven's door. Do you ever do any covers in your set? Um, when I'm busking, yes, I do a lot. I do um, one that goes down really well is Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, of course. Right, yeah. Um, I sang that at my grandma's funeral, so it means a lot to me that song. And it's really nice that people enjoy um listening to that one. Mm. Uh. One I did the other day went down really well. Um, I did Space Oddity. Oh. David Bowie, yeah. Wow. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Did like my own little version of it. Wouldn't really think of a busker doing that too much. Yeah. But it works as well. It's like, really nice to sing. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I don't say underrated as a songwriter, mm. but I think obviously he had such a powerful image that he put out there mm. and when you actually like really dig into the records it's like this is way ahead of its time yeah it's crazy like i remember listening to heroes 
for the first time and just putting that on, like like a whole album just in its entirety. And like, oh my god, like this is it's just a masterpiece. Yeah. Like, this is great. But then everybody like, you know, sees him as Ziggy and forgets the other stuff, or they think of um, oh, what's it gone? Is it Labyrinth? The movie he did. I think it was like a real. It's kind of like that cheesy eighties time when it was not that I was in the eighties, um, but that sort of labyrinth and do you ever see the vampire movie lost boys no but i heard about it yeah it's a very much like kind of bikers 80s back home hair nice um i know obviously like so with long hair that seems a bit rich coming from me so <laughs> sort of wrapping on the 80s <laughs> but i'm not in the back home stage anymore so that's sort of like oh, okay Phasing out. yeah like i think it kind of got to that point where you sort of like this sort of robert smith kind mm. of, who's still i don't know if you've seen a picture of him lately no yeah he's still sort of doing the back combing. Okay, just gotta play. Sticking to his roots. Yeah, babe. <laughs> oh god, I'm really not funny. That's so great. There's no way I'm editing that out. Like, that's completely <laughs> staying in now. Great. It is kind of odd when you see. So like, I know we're completely tangenting now, but when you see um, some artists like you remember Mungo Jerry like, in the summertime. Ch- 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 in the summertime, the weather is fine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't know by him, but yeah. Yeah, he's um. He's playing at the half mo- the half moon in Putney mm. in like a month, but like back in the seventies, yeah, like this big afro and the big mutton chop sideburns, but he's still got it. Nice, okay, but yeah, I, that's his image. I don't know, <laughs> maybe it's fake. I, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. We love it. What do you kind of focus your image on? Um. I, d- I don't think about it as much as I should because I know you've got to like create a brand and everything but I, d- I, I don't really know what my image is okay <laughs> if, you, if you had to if you had to describe it like maybe some of the listeners who, who okay. have never seen your music videos or never seen you live sure um, just to put you on the spot a bit there. <laughs> what, is, what is my image um, I don't know I'm just a normal girl okay I'm just a normal girl that Wears shiny trousers, you know. I mean, that's fair enough. Like, that's your selling <laughs> point. Yeah, <laughs> it will be that. Yeah, I always like. I really liked seeing when you have a a connected color to a band. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? I need to incorporate that a bit more. But I'm, I'm writing loads of new songs at the moment, so I need to like think of image to go with. And then I don't want that to influence it too much because I just like writing about what I write about, and then. That's, that's one of the hard things about being unsigned. It's right. like, if you're good at the writing stuff, but not good at the marketing and the image and the branding, you kind of need that mm. as well. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I could do some help in that area. Okay. <laughs> so have you ever sort of gone down the booking agent route or looking into PR? No. Okay. Pu- do you know what? Purely because of financial reasons. Like, I've, I've looked at some PR um, campaigns online and things. I just too expensive mm. um, but in terms of PR I try and do it myself but obviously it's not as big a level as it could have been I got a company involved but right, yeah. I, I email lots of blogs I um, submit to playlists and I have my little scanner sign when I'm busking so people can scan me on Spotify oh, that's, that's cool. how I promote my music really but that's really cool because not a lot of buskers really do, or even live bands. There's not a. Mm. It's relatively new. Was it like last six months, a year or so, something? Yeah, sort of like came the QR fashion. code things. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's kind of cool how you can do that with Spotify as well. Yeah. I don't know. Can you do that on Apple Music or is that just a Spotify thing? I'm trying to push my Spotify at the moment because I 
I really want to get into those playlists. It's like New Music Friday and yeah. Pop List and things like that. Oh, that's cool. Um, but didn't I see like on iTunes or something you had some success on the charts with that, right? Yeah, I got into um, a playlist by a guy called The Alternative Alpaca. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> he, um, he put me in his featured playlist that had like 1,300 listeners. Oh, great. Uh, and he put me like right at the top of it, which is really nice of him. And it, yeah, got me loads of streams. So that was really nice. That's really cool. Yeah, because I saw like there was a uh, Ben Howard album underneath yeah, it. That, which yeah, I, yeah. I remember seeing the screenshot on Facebook. It's like, <laughs> that looks really great. Like, you're number one and you got Ben Howard underneath <laughs> you. I was like, that's pretty yeah. cool how that's happened. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that people out there are, you know, doing that for not, you know, very known artists. Um, yeah. I can't remember how I got in touch with him. I think it was through Submit Hub, which is like a um, website where you can send your song off to loads of bloggers and playlists. Um, yeah. Have you found that quite useful then, Submit Hub? Have you got many things from it? Uh, I've got a few, because you, you've got to like pay for a certain amount of credits, and then each person, depending on how many followers they have, it uses more credits kind of thing. Um, I haven't had many approvals, but I've had some, so I guess it's worth it, yeah. I guess. It's so funny how like we we've been talking for I don't know how long now and we've instantly like gone down the money route. Yeah, it's gonna happen, isn't it? <laughs> but it comes into it so much, and it is yeah. like I think the reality is if you are, unless you're like incredibly lucky and kind of like a one-off chance, but like you've got to have that kind of financial backing. Yeah, when you get to a certain level, I think you do. Yeah. Um, I try not to let it bog me down though because there are other ways. Mm. Um, but obviously it's just easier if you've got a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Because um, I saw on your website as well, uh, so funny, because like, so like when I do these interviews, I just kind of stalk people's social media and websites. Nice. <laughs> but then you're like, I think I mentioned that like three times already. Um, you have like a donation section as well. It's, yeah. What do you do with that? Is that like crowdfunding? or? Yeah, so sometimes people just want to support you. Um, or they'll ask me to do a cover uh, of a song for their dad's birthday or something. Okay. And um and because it only takes me about half an hour, I don't feel right charging, you know, like 80 quid or whatever. Mm. Um, so I say, oh, there's a donation portion on my website. Just donate what you think it's worth. Nice. Um, uh, it's kind of like, have you heard of that Patreon? Yes. Yeah, I haven't got one of those yet because I don't think I've got enough um, followers to kind of, for it to be worth it. But it's, it's kind of like that. Okay. You pay, you know, you can just donate mm. to keep the artist going. Because Patreon's really big in the YouTube world, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, I don't know, sort of, if it. I don't think it's solely for YouTube, though, is it? But I think that's quite a... Yeah, it's just, I think it's just for people who, you know, do creative things mm. um, and want the... Oh, it's like a monthly thing, isn't it? So, yeah, your followers or your Patreons um, pay, I think it's like different tiers, like a dollar a month or two dollars a month or ten dollars a month. And depending on how much you pay a month, you get all these exclusive... Right, yeah. Um, behind the scenes bits from the artists. Like extra access yeah, so yeah. you can get to know them a bit more. Yeah. It's really cool. Something, and, it, and it's funny because you you have to find, I think, all these different creative ways to make yourself stand out. And even um, I was listening to his podcast um, from Chris Jericho and he was saying that like, his band have supported Slash on tour, what? but they only got paid $500 a show. But he went, like the whole band, not even each. Um, so, like, but they, they were in the position where like, Slash's management went, well, look, you know, people will do this for nothing. People will pay us to do this. We're giving you $500. And they were like, okay, fine. So 
their time on stage is what they're getting paid for. Mm. But then they plug for merch, and then they do a, it's a really cool thing, a VIP experience, so you get to meet them beforehand, they play a private show for you, you get to meet the band, and if you're a musician, you let them know ahead of time, and you get to jam with the band as well. That's cool. So you get to get up with your favourite artist, and play the songs alongside them. Like, how awesome, right? That's such a good idea. Yeah. Well done, then. Yeah, but I think it takes like a lot of organising with the venue and sound checks and everything else, and everyone's got to be on board. Yeah. But that's how you make your money, I guess. T-shirt sales and yeah, VIPs. Yeah, it's all, it's all, you make all your money from touring. Mm. And because obviously streams, you get what, dollars a stream or something? Yeah, it's, um, it's just so funny, isn't it? I remember we, in an old band, we got a Spotify um, check, and it was, I got a message from him saying he was like, cool, I owe you all £2.50 each, and we were like, yeah, thanks. No. He's like, you sp- I mean, I guess if it's just you as a solo artist, you take, it's not really like a lion <laughs> share, is it, like that £10 yeah. or whatever, but it's, because uh, you're going to make more than that busking. Yeah. It's a reality, as opposed to, well, however much you're going to spend on like a studio session or something. Yeah. Do you find, because um, I saw you said on your bar that you do a lot of bedroom studio stuff? Yes. Yeah, so I've got um, my little studio in my room where I do my demos. Oh, cool. Um, okay. And what I'm going to start doing, because I, can't, I have my YouTube channel that I upload covers to every week. Oh, but I'm nice. kind of past that now. So okay. I want to start um, uploading my originals and getting the fans' feedback and then... You know, like if a song does really well and gets good feedback, I can then take that to the producer because mm. they already like it. Yeah. Um, so kind of market research yeah, for you yeah. then. And I think it'll be a cool little process to get mm. them involved as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it, it'll be good for me to just get more songs out there so they're not sat on my hard drive, you know? Right, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> I don't know, we're just completely tangent, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so, so kind of going back to that songwriting process then, so it is pretty much you in your room doing recordings and then you just, like, I mean, we can get as deep as you want on kind of a songwriting process or as, as shallow as you want. Yeah. That's a phrase. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am one of those songwriters that does have to be inspired. I can't just switch it on and off, okay. unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I usually start with lyrics because um, lyrics are like the heart of it. I always listen to lyrics when I listen to songs because some people don't, do they? Some people are more melody, yeah. um, but I'm all about the lyrics, so I kind of write, I guess, poems. Okay. Or I have like a rhythm in my head that I write lyrics to, and then, yeah, I just get on the keyboard, play about with some chords, and then layer it up, pretty much. Okay. Um, I just bought a little synth actually, which oh, I'm cool. excited to play around with. Um, yeah, produ- production really interests me, and it's something I want to get better at. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, it was, I was going to ask you, actually, because I, I just watched the, um, uh, the video for White on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Um, tell us about that, because there's like, some, some pretty cool lyrics, actually. Yeah, you like it? Yeah. yeah. So I wrote, I wrote White when I was feeling quite um, precious, I guess. It was all self-inflicted. But I was kind of like, oh, I've been in London for like three years now and I'm not getting anywhere. Because obviously I was measuring my success to these people that are like touring the world and stuff. Mm. Um, and I had a lot of people around me that were really supportive and it's kind of a thank you to them, that song. It's like, 
all you guys and making it easier for me and it's, it's meant to be uplifting so I hope you felt uplifted when you listened to it um, but yeah I really like I really like that song I was proud of it yeah. and it's for anyone who is a bit hard on themselves you shouldn't be okay. so just the message is kind of yeah. go a little lighter on yourself you yeah. don't need to put that pressure on yourself yeah definitely and we all do it you know because mm. we all want that success but you've got to kind of reevaluate what success is to you Yes, hundred percent. Because you know when I when I moved to London, I was like, oh, I want to be doing music full time, mm. and I am. Yeah, so, so great. That's yeah, success. But you're always looking for the next thing, aren't you? Yeah, but it's it's like you said, and this is something I've really been going through myself the last kind of year, which is just because you have success or re- relative success, does that impact your happiness? And are you chasing happiness or success in your field, and how do they work together? Yeah. But then, like, you look at going back to us as, like, Adele or whatever, like, she's weeping on stage because it's so emotionally draining and it's torture to her. Like, obviously not speaking for her, but mm. it's like, well, I wonder if this person is happy. Yeah, that's um, true. In whatever sense of the word you want to call it. I mean, that's, like, a whole different, like, philosophical debate of what is happiness? What <laughs> like, is happiness? Is happiness temporary? But yeah. I think the, and, it, and it's so difficult to do it, but the measurement of happiness correlates to success and what we deem success. Um, I had a really good quote from someone the other day, which was, he measures the success of his life by the number of lives that he helps change. I love that. I got it out, actually, in one. That was yeah. okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm really going to fall over that. They say that, isn't it? Like, to be happy, just help someone every day. Mm. Isn't that interesting? I kind of find, because you're, you're like kind of vegan, vegan curious, right? Yeah. Yeah. I found, I, I was reading this book once, and they said it was a kind of statistic I guess but the average American in their lifetime eats 21,000 animals wow and I was like well to look at it very black and white if I don't eat animals for the rest of my life or like say you raise a child or whatever and never feed them an animal like that's 21,000 lives you're helping save yeah just from having a couple of veggies at dinner time yeah like I was like oh that's kind of cool yeah that is cool um, sorry, going back to weight, so it was kind of like an interesting video because you, you've got the dancer. Uh, what was kind of the symbolism behind that? So, um, let me have a think. So yeah, there were two dancers and my vision for the video was um, so these two people to kind of wake up in a bustling city, mm-hmm. being all dazed and confused. And the kind of symbolism of, of it is they're rushing through this city trying to find some like meaning and reason and stability um and the dance like the dance tries and portrays that and then they find each other and dance with each other okay cool um because they lift each other up that's the idea yeah um yeah it just shows you know we all need a bit of help (laughs) no 100 percent. i was just kind of really curious as to what that was because I think it's so easy to look at a music video and think, oh, they've just kind of put that there to count as a narrative. And I was like, well, no, like listening to the song, the lyrics, and like you said, it's, it's trying to be like not so hard on yourself and it's yeah. quite uplifting. Yeah. I'm sure you didn't just put a dancer for the sake of it. No, like, we need to film yeah. something. Can you dance? Yeah, just dance for me. <laughs> like, I, I was like, there's going to be a backlog to a story there. And I guess I'm the kind of like person looking over, so I'm like singing in the background. Right. And I'm yeah, like it's all good. <laughs> I like that, it's good. The, the last, I think you're the, 
you have a second female artist I've interviewed because but the last one I did she was a singer uh, Anna Free if she's listening shout out um, for like a, a girl alternate rock punk band cool. and it was really interesting hearing her take on writing music and writing lyrics like she told me this great story about how her and the guitar player the guitar player um, is gay but she tried to sleep with a man and then she wrote a song about it and that was like how she really didn't like sleeping with this man but, like that was what she put into her lyrics amazing I just That's love great. I just love people drawing on their own experiences uh, of themselves or their surrounding people and then sort of just channeling that into music and the songs yeah sort of dabble and I stress dabble in songwriting yeah. oh, cool. but I just kind of and I've, I've worked with people in the past and it kind of got nicknamed with this one guy be like oh you got another essay for me and I'm like yeah and I'm just like <laughs> four pages of ideas and I'm like put that together and it's like cool but like you, you pour this emotion out and use all these kind of strange and interpretable metaphors mm. and then sometimes I look at it and I'm like that's too much I cut that cut that and you I'll just write six or seven verses not happy with the chorus and then you cut the verses down merge them together a little bit yeah um like i know going back like you mentioned david bowie uh one of his, his songwriting processes was he would write some lyrics about his emotions or his feelings and then he'd actually chop them up and just rearrange them really? and see how they looked in a different order oh um, yeah it was i remember my high school music teacher telling me that actually it always stuck with me what so he wrote sentence what like a sentence and then jumbled the sentence yeah oh, wow. and then he would just try them in different orders to see what worked oh, yeah, um nice. which is yeah i wish i could like give you a solid example yeah. of the kind of when that happened but yeah probably that was the songwriting process not all the time but, but for some of it yeah <laughs> who do you look to as influences hmm. at the moment i really like julia michaels i really like her songwriting it's really um I think it, what we were saying earlier about it's quite specific to her situation. Mm. You can like really imagine what she was going through. Right. I just I love um proper like storytelling artists. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the sound, I go for like electronic pop. I'm really into Lord. Okay. Uh, Bruce, who are like a New Zealand duo. I wonder. I love I wonder. Okay. Um, they're like a duo as well. Right. Is that something you would want to do in the future? Would you kind of go towards collaborations with another artist? Yeah, I'd love to if it was the right fit, you know, if it was natural. And yeah, it's kind of odd when people fall as well, like, um, you know, Post Malone. Yes. 
Yeah. He's just done, I don't know if you've seen this, but collaboration with Ozzy Osbourne. No. Yeah, it's very strange. Oh my gosh, I need to see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll play it to you afterwards. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it's... I think it was such a great move because, generally speaking, Ozzy Osbourne's audience won't listen to Post Malone and vice versa. And then suddenly Post Malone has just exploded in the rock and metal world right now because it's exactly, he's just tapped into this completely different audience. No more than, um, as is like my one per podcast, the time I get to mention Jack White, who is a god amongst humans. Um, but he, um, he, he does like loads of collaborations with like, with like Beyonce, like he was on Lemonade. And then like Alicia Keys fans, no Jack White, because they did the bomb theme together. And it's like, wow, he's just, yeah, like, okay, let's stop that and because I'm. Like, like worlds merge like that. It's great. And it works. Yeah. When it doesn't work, it's like. Oh, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Like I was never a fan of the um, um, what's a blues artist called? Lou Reed. Mm. He did like a Lou Reed and Metallica. It was oh, really? Like this kind of old <laughs> I guy. I saw these. No, you didn't miss that. Don't worry. It's fine. It was like this old guy, sort of playing blues, like very much mumbling the lyrics. It was like pretty well, to, pretty much towards the end of his life, and then like this. Hard hit, hitting thrash band attack, and it's like this. Oh I, d I didn't think it worked at all. Right. I remember watching him on, I think it was like a late night Jules Holland or something. I was like, this is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think kind of the future of a music? This is kind of going quite off topic now. But it goes back to what I was saying about uh, the last interview I did with a female artist. In terms of kind of this, this age of, of gender neutralism, how do you find being a female artist? Like, is, is there any impact of that in the modern industry? Like, are you treated differently, um, be that good or negative? I haven't felt like I'm, I'm treated differently at the level I am. I don't know if you, when you start getting involved with labels, if it's different. But a lot of my like busker friends are all female, mm. all smashing it, like all supporting each other. Um, I personally haven't felt um, any different. No, but it's, it's actually quite nice to hear, it's refreshing, yeah. because I've spoken to people before, and um, they have a, um, I don't know if you've ever done a gig, or maybe you, you give it to your players, I guess, when it's like, okay, this is the gig, this is the vibe, like, this is what I want you to wear, mm -hmm. and, uh, like, I know fem female singers who, they're told, like, you know, you have to wear, like, a certain dress or skirt, mm -hmm. and you have to wear heels, and, like, you have to have makeup, and it's a very much, oh. um, I, don't, I don't want to really use the term show business, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never had that at all. But it's kind of good, then, but it's, it's nice to see that there's sort yeah. of this area of the industry is kind of untouched by sexism and, yeah. like, obviously gender divides. Yeah, definitely. I've, yeah. I'll let you know if that changes, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's know if anything happens. <laughs> Hopefully you won't, though. Um, going back to, like, being vegan and that, do you find it difficult to do gigs and different venues and sort of maintain that in your life yeah I mean I'm I wouldn't say I'm vegan because I'm vegan most of the time I know a lot of vegans hate when people say that but um <laughs> no it's vegan curious <laughs> yeah that's what is that what it's called vegan curious I, I, that's what I termed it I don't okay. know if that's what I'm people call vegan it curious. I, yeah I just I don't miss meat or but sometimes like actually yeah that ties in well with that question but sometimes if I'm out and there aren't any options and you know something's made with milk or whatever i'll just have it if mm. i'm hungry um so it would be good if you know more venues 
they've had vegan options, so they'll definitely choose it. Yeah. But some just don't. And if you're hungry, I, I do think you prefer to eat stuff. No, I, it's just, you know. I guess, yeah, it's, it's better than, I don't know what you mean, it is really difficult, but mm. it's better than being like, well, I guess I better have a burger. Like, yeah, at least you've got a veggie option. Especially, there. like, when they give it you for free, it's like, you kind of can't be fussy, I guess. Um, nah, I'd be fussy. Like, tell them, be like, no, nah, get me something else. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I need to be more like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I am really passionate about healthy, like, veganism and stuff, and sometimes I do have to remind myself about it because mm. you start, I start slipping a little bit yeah um, I think it's obviously with all the environmental stuff on the planet as well like if everyone gave up meat we'd be alright wouldn't we yeah <laughs> um, I heard a really horrible statistic the other day which was um, we have enough food on the planet um, to feed everybody uh, one and a half times over oh wow but we don't because gluttony I guess <laughs> um, and obviously like if you uh, you know, obviously the meat industry was pretty much stopped. I mean, there's pros and cons to everything, I'm sure, but yeah. it would free up a lot of land and a lot of space. Absolutely. There's so much wastage as well. Yeah. Like, I see these people doing these weekly shots and their trolleys are, like, overflowing. I'm like, you're not going to eat all that. No. And then you look at the sell-by dates, like, it's going to last you a week. Yeah. And then, like, every single one has a carrier bag, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, shut <laughs> up. Please stop. And it's like, I get to, like, a little eye twitch going, like, Please stop. It's like, stop wasting plastic. I love it now. Everyone's got those reusable water bottles, and when you pass someone else with one, you're like, <laughs> You got this. See, I feel like I haven't got on that trend because I have a plastic bottle. But you I've, just reuse. Yeah, but it, it, it's an old, um, you know, like the blender bottles for like protein yeah, shakes yeah, and yeah. stuff. But I've had it for like two or three years now, and I'm like, well, if I get rid of a plastic bottle. <laughs> yeah, it defeats the to, point. Yeah, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is literally just jumping on the bandwagon and getting on the trend a bit. Uh, which hopefully, like all of this, isn't a trend, yeah, and hopefully. it and it does stay. Yeah, I hope so. Um, okay, so last question for you: What do you think is going to be next for your career? And actually, it's a two-part question. What's next for your career? This is a bit of time to plug yourself, I guess. Yeah. And do you see potentially any significant changes coming in the music industry that could impact you or others? Oh, okay. In terms of what's next for me, I am. Writing a lot, and as I said earlier in the interview, I'm getting my songs out more. Um, so this side of 2019 is going to be a lot of releasing my demos, mm -hmm. getting feedback, playing the songs, busking, and then in the new year 2020, I want to release another EP. Okay, cool. Um, uh, yes, so that. And in terms of the music industry. What's changing? Yeah, like, do you think it's a pretty broad question? Yeah. I'm just interested on in your take on it. I mean, do you think that there's, like, as you, you mentioned, like, kind of Spotify and the scanners that you're using, but you're not getting the money from that, so touring, whatever it is, where, where do you think kind of you could be headed in the future in relation to that? Um, I do need to do more research on it, like, because for my next EP, I need to ramp it up a bit with the promoting side because mm. I always just focus on the actual songs. But half of it is the promotion and getting your songs out there, um, using your contacts a bit better. Right. Um, I guess I guess the most important thing is keeping up to date, isn't it? Yeah. You gotta, I don't know, keep up to date with maybe a music blog or something <laughs> that's like telling people the changes. I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard question. No, but I kind of like that as well because you, I guess you kind of got that um, kind of 
timeless songwriter air about you because it's just like, well, like this is where I am, this is what I'm doing, and these are your plans. Yeah. And it's kind of nice because then the, the rest of the stuff will centre around you. Yeah, I, I sometimes think, am I being a bit naive because I'm, I'm literally just focusing on the songs. Um, but I don't know yeah. if I would say that was naive. I mean, I guess it's a market for it. Or then you end up songwriting for other people and earn money that I'd way. Lo- I'd love to which would be great. Yeah. Work with some other artists, like with like a publishing company, and then sort of write the songs and sell them on. Yeah, um, I don't know how to do how to do that. Um, <laughs> that yeah, I think it's like quite a lengthy process, and quite a quite a lot of yeah. people want to do it. Um, I guess it's just having the right contacts. Yeah, submit exactly. submit in a few songs, and you have the sort of the big online libraries where you can submit your songs to, exactly. and then if somebody uses it or wants to buy it or royalties or whatever, and then you kind of make it like that. It's just getting things out there, isn't it? Yeah. Just get as much out there as you can. 100%. Um, on that note, um, about getting stuff out there, just before we come to a close, have you got any social media platforms or anything you want to plug yourself on? Yeah, I've got Instagram. It's at Amy Weir, spelt A-Y-M-E-E-W-E-I-R, like weird without the D. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's just Amy Weir on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. Follow me on Spotify if you're going to do one thing. Right, Follow that's me on it. Spotify. Spotify's the one to get you on. Yeah. Nice. Right. Thanks thank- so much for having me. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
children pay. Let the children pay.